When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Tuesday. Week is rolling on with the NBA playoffs. Drama, drama everywhere. And a lot of fans loving to drink that up. We will get into plenty of that talk. If you're a Longhorn fan, got some updated Longhorn basketball transfer portal news. We got some updated Longhorn football transfer portal news as we are only... 137 days away from Texas and Rice in 2023. We'll get to all of it. There's a lot of different stuff to mix in on the show today, and we always invite you to join in. We'll tell you how to do that after I tell you that it's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Chad, what's popping, man? Happy Tuesday, everybody. Feeling good today. Feeling great. How are you? Oh, man. I am fantastic Because a great superhero movie is only as good as its villain. And sometimes an NBA playoff series is only as good as its villain. And man, we got a great show last night. Yeah, it was amazing. We got a break. We will definitely be breaking down the latest episode of Draymond Green and his expressive face. It's one of my favorite faces in sports. I'm going to miss it when it's gone. So I'm going to try to soak it up while I've got it. Yeah, soak it up. Oh, it's incredible. Ain't got many years left. Before we get to Draymond, before we get to the other NBA action last night, the Texas basketball update, let's start with a piece of good news. Let's start with a big hunk of, oh my God, I can't believe this is real, but I'm so glad it is. They've cleared DeMar Hamlin to play NFL football. Oh my God. Ain't that amazing? Dude, three different experts. Check the man out. He told us he wanted to play, Zay. Just the fact, like the kind of people that'll have like motorcycle wrecks and say, as soon as I can get back on the bike, I'll do it. I respect the hell out of that. Now, I wouldn't be that guy, but I'd respect the hell out of it. I respected it when he said, that's the goal. I want to play. And I thought, God, I hope you're right. But is that really what you need to do? And is that what doctors are going to tell you? Now the doctors are telling him he's good. He's already, say, he is already participating in voluntary workouts with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this is a guy that, yet alone walking, we're talking about him living. That's what our first thought was when he went down against the Cincinnati Bengals was, man, is he going to live? Because that was one of the scariest nights in sports history. And then move on to now being cleared to play. That's a beautiful thing. And shout out to 
him, his family, and the Buffalo Bills, getting them back out there because I knew that was a huge hit to their season, a team that was trying to win the championship. A lot of people picked them to win the championship before the 2022 season started, Mm -hmm. and that definitely altered what they had going on in their focus. So I'm glad to see that he's back, and hopefully he'll be ready when uh, spring camp starts. He's also been, you know, speaking out, uh, speaking out about AEDs and the the defibrillator that saved his life because he did flatline essentially uh, on that field, and now he'll get, be out there talking about it. Uh, I've heard recently he's been in Washington D.C. talking to representatives at the White House, talking to government folks, but also talking to try to get the word spread to different areas. Because remember, he's a isn't he a D.C. guy? Didn't we find that out during the process? I want to say he's from Pittsburgh. My bad. You're right. A small the, yeah. the community right outside of Pittsburgh. You're uh-huh. right. Pennsylvania guy. So he, I think that part of the world obviously is important to him. So they're trying to spread the word up there of high schools, colleges. Do you have your AEDs down here? We've talked about that stuff, and the UIL made it mandatory for you know for football and, and other sports. And so now, hopefully, that's going to be nationwide. But uh, just great to hear that he's going to be able to play. And hopefully, he has a Keontae Johnson like season. Keontae Johnson, guard transfer from Florida in college basketball, that oh, transferred yeah. to Kansas State and was first team All Big Twelve this season. He didn't know if he'd be able to play again. That's an amazing story. So yeah, shout out to Demar Hamlin. That's big time. Good stuff for him, man. That's that is really cool. All right. Uh, uh, as long as we are there, uh, before we get to the NBA drama, let's just get uh, get the name out there because Zay, the big man we talked about yesterday that may be coming to visit Texas, is coming to visit Texas. Caden Shedrick. Learn this name. K-A-D-I-N. Last name is Shedrick. S-H-E-D-R-I-C-K. Caden was a Virginia Cavalier. He wants to be something else. He's into the transfer portal. He is, Zay, correct me if I'm wrong, we talking a 6'11 forward here? Yep, 6'11, round 7 foot. Forward to forward center? Forward to center, yeah. Whatever you need him to be? Absolutely. And yeah. He's super skilled. I I don't think he was utilized the way he should have been when I watched film on him yesterday. And the guy could play. He's really athletic, block shots, and in Tony Bennett's system, he knows how to play. I just think that he wants to develop more of an offensive game so he could be drafted later on in his career. So, yeah, he's down at the 40, and you find out today, unfortunately, the VCU transfer, Jaden Nunn, is committed to Baylor. Oh, so, no! Yeah! I missed that! That hurts. Come on! That hurts, not going to lie. Just, I mean, looking at the guards, we don't have a scholarship guard right now. Wait a second. So you telling me that Jaden Nunn, what was he, was he like visiting the Longhorns, but he was just secretly wanting to get up to Waco? I mean, they've won a national championship. We haven't in a long time. Well, there's no reason to bring facts into I'm the discussion. I'm just saying, just... when Scott Drew's out there looking like, yo, you see Davion Mitchell playing against the Warriors last night? You yeah. could be like that. I did. I, I can't. Eventually, I'm going to see him play and not think of Baylor. But now I can't right you can't. now. Can't. All I do is I think, God, he won a natty at Baylor. Yeah. And just, it's ridiculous. So it, it's hard. And plus, what the way that Scott Drew uses his guards and allows them to really thrive in the offense and put the ball in their hands and pick and roll situations. And they could throw up those high floaters and runners. That's a fun way of playing. Now, Somebody that played a little bit of guard, even though I wasn't the most skilled, uh-huh. I could tell you, that's a fun way to play. It's way yeah. more fun than playing that motion type set, which Coach Terry's offense 
you know, he took a little bit of what Chris Beard did last year, and he took a little bit of his own philosophy along with uh, Coach Donald Wall and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's tough, but with Arterio Morris leaving, we don't still don't know about Tyrese Hunter, even though we think he's coming back. We know Serge Barry Rice is gone, Marcus Carr, all those guys. Yeah. You need guards. I know Max Aismith, his name is still out there, but until that happens, if that happens – you have no guards. Yeah, I'm not saying the Texas coaches need to be like, you know, influencing the NBA folks and what they're telling Tyrese Hunter. Man, they need Tyrese Hunter to come back. They do. They really need Tyrese Hunter at this point. So back to the the guard situation real quick. The Baylor situation. I haven't asked you about this. So is it Keontae George is the one that's leaving Lee. Baylor to go to Houston? And LJ Cryer transferred to U of H. Cryer went to Houston. Correct. What about George? George is going to the George is going to the league. He's going to the league. My bad. Adam Flagler, I guess he's staying around. I don't even know if he has eligibility left. Were you surprised that Cryer left and went to Houston? Obviously, Houston yeah. just had a hell of a year, but like Baylor's not that far away. Why would you It's weird, especially since you're still gonna be playing in the Big Twelve. I mean, right. it's going to be a way different look, Big 12, with BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, et cetera. But still, it's, it's different. And weird. it's just, I, I really don't know. That's maybe something happened this year in Waco that we all know about. But Kelvin Sampson, he does a good job with his guards, too. So it, it makes sense that way. It's just odd to go from Waco to Houston. Yeah, he could like to make phone calls. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you know Sampson's an expert. Come on, Kelvin's put that past him. He's <laughs> yes. not about that no more. That is true. That is true. He is swiped right on all that. All right, so uh, Jaden Nunn, I hadn't heard that, transferred to Baylor. But Caden Shedrick on campus today. Caden, if you're out there, welcome to Austin. Austin, enjoy your time. Rodney Terry and the crew trying to convince the big man, Caden Shedrick, to come to Texas. So that's the big news, Longhorn basketball-wise. The big news nationally in basketball is the NBA playoffs. And last night, first off, congratulations to Philadelphia. They got by Brooklyn 96-84. Yesterday, Zay, you said this felt like a Sixers sweep. Last night didn't do anything to change it. And I would like to do something no one ever does. I would like to give Doc Rivers credit for something in the playoffs. Look at you. Because apparently he cussed them out in the third quarter, and they went on a 24-12 run and never looked back. So you know what, Doc Rivers? Every once in a while, apparently you do know what to do in the playoffs. So well done. Hey, what the hell are you guys doing? F this. This is BS. What the hell is this, Joel? Come on. Apparently he got him. Got him. He, hey. and, Rod- he and Rodney Terry kind of have that same a little bit, the same horse delivery <laughs> yeah, in a, a way, bit. right? Coach Terry way more smooth with it. Yes, way yeah, yeah. more smooth. <laughs> right, but yeah, they they definitely have that horse thing going on. And yeah, that series is just the Nets. They play so hard, and like I said yesterday, they have some of the best role players in the NBA. But if you take all of the best role players and put them on one team. It just gives you a decent team going up against superstars and all-stars and right. guys that have won MVPs. And James Harden, he was crap last night. Crap. Oh, he did not play Three well. Three for 13, oh. only eight points, five turnovers. Brutal. But, again, when you got guys like Tyrese Maxey, who he loves when Coach Calipari's there. Dude. Oh, my God. I can't. I've seen Coach Calipari go to multiple Sixers games, uh-huh. and every time he goes to them, Tyrese that, Hunter shows out. Or Tyrese Maxey shows out. That's the key? It's like, yo, it's like he understands, I know how many guys that you've put into the league, and you're coming to see me. I want to show you what separates me from them. 
What separates me from Darren Fox? What separates me from Shea Gildress Alexander? All those guys. There's so many Kentucky guys in the Mm -hmm. NBA. It's ridiculous. Coach Calipari could go to a game every night and see one of his players. So he loves it. And he went and gave them love afterwards. So, yeah, they they did a good job. Jock Vaughn did a good job focusing on James Harden, not allowing him to do what he likes to do, come off pick and rolls. They were, you know, giving them double teams and stuff. But the beauty of the Sixers team now, they got other guys that could go get it. Tyrese Maxey yeah. hit so many big threes in that fourth quarter. Tobias Harris, he was really good yesterday with 20 and 12. B.J. Tucker, he was really just running around getting good cardio in. But <laughs> that's good for him. That's good for him at this point. Like, he don't need to be no score. Just focus on defense. They don't have a main. I mean, offensive player, the Nets. Yeah. Bridges eight, was solid. Eight boards, three assists, no turnovers yeah, Cam, for P.J. Cam Johnson's good, but he doesn't have to really lock in on, you know, a Jimmy Butler type or a Jason Tatum. They don't have that. So he could just cruise yeah. and wait till the next round. So, yeah, this is a sweep, and let's just get it done quicker than later. Yeah, 33 for Maxi last night. He was really, really good. Uh, so that was the uh, that was the lead-in. That was the, uh, the opening act. And then the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings did it again. What an entertaining game that was. Up and down the floor, the physicality, the nastiness, the screaming, yelling, and by the end of it, we get a new Draymond Green story as well. 114-106. Let's get right to it, Zay. Did you agree with their decision on Sabonis with the flagrant one, Draymond flagrant two, and kick him out? Yeah, I hate that they kicked him out. You had to do it, though. Draymond Green, he's so dirty. Why do you have to be dirty, fam? <laughs> they need you. There's seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The game is 91-87. It's a four-point game. Four-point game. They fought it back to that You're point, right too. You're right there. Oh. You're one of the best defensive players ever, Draymond. Come on, Draymond. I'm, I'm going to big you up. You're one of the best defensive players ever. You're versatile at six foot seven. You have seven-foot wingspan. You could guard guards at times. You could guard bigs. One of the most versatile defensive players in the era where it's very hard to play defense. Just like in the NFL, it's very hard to be a cornerback. You can't touch no Nobody. Right. And he's been able to make it work. And here we go again. Let's rewind to 2016. Mm. Game four, NBA Finals. Yep. Him messing with LeBron, kicking people and stuff, getting tossed out that game, changes the whole series. Warriors should have five rings. They shouldn't have four. People th- people forget about 2016 because yeah. they always want to remember, oh, the LeBron block on Iguodala or the Kyrie Irving shot. They right. remember those things. They don't remember Draymond Green costing his team by being dumb, letting his emotions get the best of him, and getting kicked out of games. And during that time, he had so many texts, he wasn't allowed to play game five. And we all know what happened. Three straight games, the Cavaliers won. Cleveland, Cle- this is for you. This is for you. That's what I'm... Yeah, is he the guy that ultimately, like, if he just keeps his cool, would he have five and LeBron only have three? Yes. It's a fairly simple argument, yes. right? Cap fans hate that. LeBron fans hate that. It is what it is. And you don't really have to go that far it to is, make the argument. It is what it is. I tell Spurs fans all the time, yo, y'all would have four if dirty ass oh, uh, here we Robert go. Ory didn't take out Steve Nash. <laughs> here we go. And David Stern didn't... A suspend Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw. You need a little bit of that to win championships. It happens all the time. They took they took steps off the bench, Zay. Oh, David. 
Zay, Zay, they they stepped off the bench. Did you not see them take menacing steps from the bench? Yo, David we have Stern. rules. We have we put rules in place after the malice and palace because we're scared and we have to be. We got to be sitting guys out. David Stern, you're known as the commissioner that saved the NBA when the NBA was on tape delays and it was just a hard time to bring in a profit and nobody wanted to pick it up. All these networks and stuff. David Stern, you were big at that, but. If we're going to David Stern's grave and we're putting flowers there, we're like, David, I appreciate everything you've done. But what you did back in 07, uh-huh. I would focus. Yeah. I, that's fine to say. So, so so back to Draymond. So he gets kicked out last night. Now, we haven't seen anything. He's not getting kicked out for game three, right? Uh, no. Okay. So ultimately, he ends up in, you know, and, and give, like, the thing I like about him and Sabonis back and forth is they're both they're both dirty at times. Yeah. Sabonis drew him into that. And he's claiming also that a different player, he said it was Monk that pulled his leg in the first game, right? Yeah. It was going after a leg or whatever. Sure. But with Draymond, I, I love that he went to the presser last night and went with the, hey, can't control where my feet go. I'm not limber enough to stretch that far. It's like, uh, Draymond, you moved him. You took your foot and like slid him over and flattened him out to be sure you could step on his kidney. You're looking down at him while you're stopping this man's chest. Is Draymond telling me that in that exact same situation, if it was Steph Curry, he would have had to step on his chest? Because uh, I'm sure he would figure that out. It was so dirty. That's not a natural move. When you're getting but your come on. when you're getting your leg pulled, Chad. Like, let's think about scary movies. People are running and stuff, and then sure. somebody jumps on their leg. Their reaction is to pull their leg from whoever's pulling it. Right, we're pulling it away. it away. I'm going to get on get the other me. leg if I can. Yeah, get right? off me. I'm going to get on one leg. Not to stop the dude. You're not Steven Seagal. <laughs> what is this? He was doing his breath to hit man heart. <laughs> his stone cold in the corner. Remember when stone cold would stomp the mud hole in uh, you in the corner? I, yo, stop. <laughs> one of my favorites. I love that. That's He's going stomping to my- a mud hole in him <laughs> and walking it dry. JR with the commentary? Draymond, you're, that's flat out dirty, and you're costing your team, man. That's the most important thing. You've yep. got to realize that you're more important on the floor than you are getting kicked out. And plus, right, right when all that stuff's going on, when they're going, when the refs are going to the board to see how dirty Draymond was, he's in the crowd barking at them. Calling them the P word and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's this ch- crowd's already pumped up. Stop doing this. Yeah, and your team's losing. And you're about to your your team is losing. And he knew at that moment he might be kicked out and he was going to be off the floor. And he almost like couldn't wait to get to the locker room. He's like running back. I'm like, Draymond. Your uh, te- if your team loses this, the math is horrible for them now. 92% of the teams that are 2-0 win the series. The last four, I believe I heard this morning, the last four defending champs to go down 2-0 in a series lose. Yeah. It's really hard to do now. Yeah, and we're talking about this, and we're not giving Sacramento the credit that they they deserve. Mike Brown, he's out coaching Steve Kerr. Yes, he is. And you know a big part of that is because Steve Kerr gave Mike Brown a lot of game. Talk about somebody that knows those players. You think mm-hmm. Mike Brown doesn't know what Steph Curry likes and what he doesn't like to do on the court? And Clay Thompson being an assistant coach in Golden State yeah. for all these years? And remember, not only the assistant, but when Kerr had to miss time, who was the coach? That's right. He was the acting coach. That's right. He yeah. knows these guys. He knows. You're probably telling uh, guys in the locker room, like, yo, Draymond, you can get under his skin. Now, sometimes it could backfire and he could use that as fuel, but sometimes it could blow up to his head. History has shown it's happened. And you would think 
Draymond would have learned. But, man, last night his emotions got the best of him. And like, you're, it's 91-87. You got to understand. Right. That. If you it's already a, it, have five fouls. Yeah, if they're down 18 there, I almost get it. Yeah. Right? If you're done. But, again, they had to have it. They've been around long enough to know. He has to know. They have to split that. They have to. Or they lose the series. Yeah. He knows they're probably not winning four out of five at this point. You had to have last night, and that's what makes it extra frustrating. If I'm a Warriors fan waking up today, I got to love Draymond because he's my guy and he helped us get four rings if I'm a Dubs fan. But deep down, you know, A, what you said is true. Then he probably cost you another one in the past. And this is, you know, you're trying to go back to back and you're trying to prove that they could scrap this out as a six seed. And he, uh, you know, he kind of throws it away last night. So in a way, if I'm a Sacramento fan, I think even more of Sabonis today because he fished him into it. Yeah. He drew him into that. And and was what he did cheap? Oh, yeah. Should you deserve a foul? Probably. Sure. Yeah, it was dirty. Pulling somebody's like, that's dirty, that's dirty, Sabonis. You can't do it. But then what he drew out was twice as dirty, and it's like, oh, there you go. Sabonis wins the battle, and Draymond's gone. Yeah, and Jordan Poole, he signed a $140 million extension. He's giving you nothing. He's a liability. Which I did not see that coming. Hmm. I called Warriors winning the last game, and a big part was what Jordan Poole could do when he's good, and that give you 30 on any given night. But the way they're attacking him, and this goes back to Mike Brown knowing the team, the way they're attacking Jordan Poole, it's like you're saying, yo, Jordan, I coached this guy. I was on this squad last year. I got a ring. He don't play no D. We were just good last year. Everybody else was just clicking to where, hey, no one could stop us. But if we go at him, with certain guys like De'Aaron Fox, they're just attacking Steph and Jordan Poole. Both of those guys don't want to play D, and they're making life difficult for them. Davion Mitchell was amazing last night. He really hitting was. Hitting big shots. God, 14 off the bench. And we talk about him being at Baylor winning the national championship. Is the moment too big for him? I think not. <laughs> this ain't nothing. That was the other thing last night. As that game progressed, it really felt like all the Sacramento guys were embracing the moment. They were really enjoying the fire from the crowd, the pops from the crowd. And every time I saw the face of one of those Warriors players, there was resignation on the face. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I've been here before. I know what it takes, but man, I just don't know if we have it. Like they almost, it just the, the intensity was on one side, and it just the Warriors never felt like they had it. Think about Harrison Barnes' situation, which the Sacramento Kings. They have the right amount of young guys, and then they have a couple of vets. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Barnes, who had won a ring with the Warriors 2015, mm-hmm. think about how he feels in this series. Y'all got rid of me. Y'all said I was the problem when right. we lost to 2016. Y'all didn't even think about Draymond getting kicked out the game and being a liability that way. Y'all blame me and Warrior fans. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. In that game 7, 2016, Harrison Barnes was trash. They blame him for that loss because hmm. he had a lot of open jumpers, especially in that fourth quarter, and he did not knock them down. So they said, you know what? We can't win with you. We're going to get rid of you, bring in Kevin Durant, win without you, win a couple, and then bring in another guy who is basically a same type of style of play like you and Andrew Wiggins and win with him. Yeah. So if I'm Harrison Barnes, I'm a competitor. That hurts. Yeah, you want to go take him that, out? That stings. And he's been hooping like he ducked on uh, Clay Thompson earlier in that fourth. And I was like, and yelled right <laughs> Clay's face. Yeah. Oh. I said, boy, <laughs> yeah. these Kings ain't playing. Yeah, this series has got some personal Yo, to it. You're right. Serious personal. Yeah, it's a really interesting series. We'll see if the Warriors have any fight in them now. Down 
2-0. We got three series uh, cranking back up tonight in Game 2s. We'll get to that as we progress through the show. If you want to jump in, Specs text line 337-3776. We told you about Texas basketball transfer portal news with Caden Shedrick being on campus today on the basketball side. How about the football side? Reports are the Longhorns are getting a transfer in football from the Big Ten. We will tell you who it is, the position, and all of that. Plus, a former Oklahoma Sooner going after Mac Brown. If you haven't heard this one, we'll try to explain it to you on the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chad and Zay. All right. heard this song we're doing like a 80s metal version of the peppermint twist is that what he just said what is going on uh let's see um man i have no guess here no guess helix wow dirty dog Dirty Dog. Helix. Come on now. I have heard of Helix. I wasn't going to come up with Helix on that one, though. All right. Shout out to the Helix fans out there. Helix gets us started today. It is a Tuesday on the show. We've got a good album discussion coming up on Thursday. Thursday at 2. Zay's going to be telling you about Living Colors Vivid, one of my favorite albums of all time. And I'm checking out the Little Wayne album, The Carter, which I'm halfway through, by the way. Yeah, I just realized it was so long. It's a longer album. 21 tracks is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I'm a firm believer in if you go beyond 15 tracks, I need a double album. Like, what? what, what it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. I'm an old man now, Lil Wayne. But it's good. I enjoy it so far. And we got a couple little, I'll just call them skits. Thanks to Eminem, I call them skits. When you do something that's just really short, you think it's important. Oh, it uh, yeah, they have a couple. It may or may not be, but it's like 30, 40 seconds. So there's really like 19 songs I've got to get through. But I'm enjoying that. We'll talk about that on uh, on Thursday. Oh, okay, so this has came up multiple times. Mike the Tower, Craig, Jeff, Cam, I guess this argument came up where Jeff Howe went mm-hmm. off about Kevin Garnett being a better player than Tim Duncan. Yeah, there was apparently there was a discussion uh, um, about Duncan and KG today. Okay, um, I get what Jeff's trying to say. If I was drafting, if I had a draft, and it was KG coming out of high school and Tim Duncan four years coming out of Wake Forest like he did, mm-hmm. I am not the basketball brilliant man of Greg Popovich. So I do think that Timmy had some advantages – that KG did not. Okay. Tim Duncan came in, played with the Admiral, David Robinson. KG right. came in and played with Christian Leitner. 
There's a difference there. How dare you? KG. By the way, the inventor of the stomp. <laughs> shout out yes. Shout out to Christian yeah, Leitner. Exactly. He did stomp. We should have had instant replay that day. <laughs> Kentucky fans agree with me. That's in the big game, by the way. That's Pe- right. People don't remember that. People they, don't remember They missed that. that stomp. I can't remember who it was on. I can't remember if it was Jamal Mashburn or who it was on the business end, but Leitner absolutely should have gotten a big time minimum get a foul call and maybe should have gotten chunked from that game. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, Tim Duncan had Tony Parker. Oh, KD yeah, yeah. had Terrell Brandon. <laughs> you know, yes. um, K- uh, Tim Duncan had Mono Ginobili. KG had Tom Gugliata. Remember him? I do. Yeah. Yes. So that's a big difference in how your career is going to play. Timmy had the way better career. Not even close. Right. But if you're way just saying better. who's the better player. I'm just looking at play. I'm taking that high school version of Kevin Garnett. Okay, so you'd agree. And that, is that where Jeff Howe was leaning? I feel like that's what he was trying to say. He was kind of leaning I, that I feel way. Like that's, okay. you know, but maybe he was just going straight out and saying it. I, I've, but I'm just trying. Yeah, I, I'm just putting that out there. I'm. Y'all need to give Greg Popovich more credit. That's all I'm saying. Because somebody went the uh, swung it way the other way, and they texted the guys that they thought Tim Duncan was leaps and bounds better than Kevin Garnett. Nah, like whoa, whoa, easy on those three words. At, Le- leaps and bounds is strong. Yeah, KG. I know he was a league pass guy because the Timberwolves had some really bad years, oh, but that's 25 and 12. With three blocks, you talk about guys being able to switch out there, Draymond Green. Yeah. Like, Timmy, he was athletic. He was an incredible defender, but he didn't have the range that KG had as a defender, switching yeah. out on guards, being able to move his feet, the athleticism, the ball handling, etc. But, yeah, Timmy, one of the greatest of all time. He just had a little bit of help to help him be the greatest of all time. Oh, you got to love those basketball discussions. We're certainly having one today with this Draymond Green story getting ejected last night. Uh, if you have thoughts on that or anything else, or maybe if you have thoughts on Tim Duncan and KG, Specs text line 337-3776. We've already got a couple Spurs fans chiming in with a Duncan over KG uh, uh, text rolling in. We also want to remind you the Horns Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, is on the move. And this time, we are checking out Onion Creek Club. Visit hornfm.com. Take a video tour with Aaron Hogan, golf pro Omar Uresti, and Charlie Wilson from Callahan's General Store. Onion Creek Club, one of Austin's most historic golf clubs, founded back in 1974, the year I was born. It follows the natural landscape Letting the land dictate the course layout, perfect for beginners and top pros. The Horn Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, spotlighting Onion Creek Club at hornfm.com. All right, let's get you a couple of Longhorn-related stories here, one from the present and one from the past. The present story is a transfer portal story. Zay, this could be good news. Longhorn fans, heck, any group of fans is always looking for more up front defensively, but heck, up front either way, but especially up front defensively because you're always rotating guys. You want to have badasses there, and let's face it, Texas is losing a big-time guy there in snacks. That's hard to replace all those snacks at the same time. So uh, an interesting name pops up. Texas is going to end up with um, Trill Carter. D'Angelo Carter apparently Trill. is the real name, but he goes by Trill. Trill. Trill Carter, 6'2", 300, a DT out of Minnesota, but he is originally from Georgia. 
So what do Texas fans need to know about this guy? Are you excited about this? Definitely, definitely. We know how deep this team is already, and there's a couple of spots on that defensive line, not necessarily the interior, but it's always good to have more of those guys if you can get them. And having a guy who was honorable mention in the Big Ten coming out of Minnesota, he's right at home in Texas with a name like Trill. I remember Bun B dropping an album called Trill. That's a classic album, so that's – you know, his parents are definitely with the now uh, on Texas slang. And, yeah, 300 pounds, 6'2". It's huge to go along with Trevondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, all those guys. I expect them to have big years. But so guys don't get fatigued to have another body like Trill Carter come in the mix, along with guys like Baron Sorrell on the outside. And hopefully Ethan Burke keeps working on things. Justice Feekley, et cetera, is just another – Really good prospect and player to this already good defense and pretty stacked roster, if you ask me. By the way, Zay, to a conversation we had earlier before the show, I just want to point out, I just double-checked, what is Trill Urban Dictionary? An adjective used in hip-hop culture to describe someone who is well-respected. The word comes from a combination of the words true and real. Yep. Ha <laughs> ha See, I listen. I pay attention to stuff. I pay attention to conversations. So even though it's dorky when I explain it, I do follow these things. No, it was very trill for you to go look that up. I am so trill, (laughs) y'all don't even know. All right? So you need to respect my trill. That's not how to use it. I didn't use it the right way. I'm terribly sorry. So Trill Carter uh, is going to be a Longhorn in that transfer portal. That could be big. And um, so so we were, I guess, talking about this earlier. This is a guy – Three-star coming out of Georgia. That's why he would have ended up at Minnesota. Yeah, Kirby Smart, they don't worry about three stars. But was pretty good with uh, with Minnesota and now is looking for, uh, you know, looking for, I guess, a big-time opportunity, even more of a big-time opportunity before he leaves college, two years of eligibility. So Trill Carter uh, going to be a Longhorn. That is good. And hey, we he played the last snaps last year, too, over 400. Yeah, this is the kind of guy that the Longhorns have been getting these last few years. You know, this is whether you can go down the list with Keelan Robinson, offensive lineman, the cat from uh, Rice. I can never remember that guy's name uh, that, that, that transferred. We're obviously watching it this year. The young man from Wake Forest, obviously A.D. Mitchell shows up and says hello with a big time catch uh, in the in the spring game. So transfer is obviously a huge part of uh, college football right now. So, Zay, you're telling me not only do we have the story of this Adrian Peterson sound or this comment, but there's sound of it. Yeah, there's sound. This dude talking crazy. <laughs> so Adrian Peterson kind of went after Mac Brown yesterday. Is this on a podcast? Why are we talking? No, he was, I think, accepted in a war. I, I want to say he got put in the Texas Football Hall of Fame or Texas College Football Hall of Fame. I don't know. This is part of the speech? Yeah. He's in Texas. This is why he says this. Okay. All right. Well, Adrian Peterson uh, going off a little bit on the past. Here we go. I'll, the number one question I get is, why did you go to Oklahoma? Why you leave the state? And I tell him, I said, listen, I remember going to, like when Priest, my uncle played with Priest and Ricky and those guys, they, they were cold. I remember going to watch them play, and I remember sitting outside of the stadium, waiting for my uncle to come out, and I'm looking, I'm like, I'll be back here one day. Like, I was Texas all the way. But for the people that find themselves being mad at me, about going to Oklahoma, this is what I'll say. If you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at Coach Mac Brown. <laughs> and this is why I say that. 
I sat in Coach Brown's office and I asked him the same thing I asked everyone else. Coach Stoops, will I have the opportunity to, to come in and compete? Yeah, sure. Pete Carroll, will I have the opportunity to come in and compete for the starting job if I come? Yeah. Nick Saban, can I have the opportunity? Matt Brown, if I come here, will I have the opportunity to come in and, and you know, compete for the starting job? He was like, well, Adrian, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, Cedric Benson, you know, he's coming. He decided to come back for his senior year. So, you know, we're going to be loyal to him and we're going to let him ride it out. But, you know, after that, you know, you can compete for it. I said, okay. I appreciate it. And that was it. I never told him that I wasn't coming. I never told him that I wasn't coming. But that made my, that was the decision that I made based off of that. Uh, so, you guys can share that story just in case, or the people that didn't know, now you know. And you can share the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, Adrian Peterson laying it out there. Longhorn fans, let us know what you think of that. Um, you know, Zay, there's always been that discussion. Texas fans will tell you during his time at Oklahoma, he did not win a national title. Texas, he did it. And Texas won a natty mm. during that time. Our man Chris Bennett has already sent us the stats. 04 Adrian Peterson, 1,925 yards, 15 touchdowns, finished one and two, one and two versus Texas. Benson, 1,834 yards, 19 touchdowns. Doak Walker Award, said B is still the 10th all time leading rusher in college football history, tied for eighth most touchdowns in college football history. I mean, that 4 Cotton Bowl game, AP did go crazy, and it was a close game, but yeah. he ran all over those boys, so that kind of sucks hearing that. But, yeah, I don't care. Now, if I was Mac Brown back then, I would have lied to him, even though I knew <laughs> in the back of my mind Cedric Benson would be the starting running back. I'd be like, yo, AP, yeah, you could go compete. I'm just going to let you know Cedric Benson, he ain't no punk. Rest in power. But if you come to the 40 Acres, you're never going to be able to babysit my kids, ever. <laughs> and AP was probably like, Coach, what are you talking about? How, how do you know anything about it? I just have a feeling about you, son. You're saying he left that out? I just have a feeling about <laughs> you, son. You will never be around my kids. Oh, my God. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that's interesting that Adrian Peterson would have done that. in this When you're in the state of Texas, Like, why wouldn't you just, wouldn't you just go on? Because that also kind of... In a weird way, you're sort of not taking a shot at Oklahoma, but I don't want I don't hear that as an Oklahoma fan. I don't want to hear that that's the only thing that got you to Oklahoma. Well, something Mac Brown said? Jeez, but you're right. Bottom line is Mac Brown. Jeez. If you're coach, if you're old enough, you're good enough. But you know what? That speaks to Mac Brown's consistency. Because when Cedric was a freshman, Mac freaked out and wouldn't play him. Mm. Mac freaked out, and Longhorn fans know that story. Mac was all about that spilled blood, man. He loved those juniors and seniors. Mm. And he was scared to death of the idea of putting a freshman out there in a big moment. Just It, it freaked him out. Can't be scared. He, it, it would absolutely freak him out. That doesn't, In a way, that does not surprise me. I still wish, for Texas fans' sake, he might not have said that. Yo, but. the way Cedric Benson was running at Midland Lee, 
I saw him at DKR running all over those Westlake Chaparrales and stuff. I was like, that boy ready. Dude, Cedric Benson transitioning to Adrian Peterson? Jeez. <laughs> not that Texas didn't have running back talent. I'm not trying to get on guys like Taylor and Jamal Charles and stuff, but oh, my Lord. Yeah, Selvin Young had a really good year. Selvin Young, year. obviously, yeah. All right, so there you go. That is the Adrian Peterson-Mac Brown story from the last day or so, if you uh, were hearing about it and hadn't heard it yet. All right, up next in the crab bag i'll tell you the story of the pitch clock versus cody bellinger where do you hear this one it's the horn ball don't lie Be- chad and zay Uh, well, you did it again. You hit another metal song that the voice sounds good, but I'm not there. Okay, well, the last one was Helix. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. What's it called? Rock on through the night. And I don't think it's quite this rough of voice, but I'll just I'll guess Wasp. I have no idea. Icon. Icon. Okay. Yeah, somebody on the Specs text line said, never ever did I expect to hear Icon. Icon. How about that? All right. Yeah, not familiar with that band. Thought I'd just give Wasp a little love. Shout out to all you Wasp fans. I knew it wasn't Blackie, but it kind of had a little Blackie to it. Uh, Icon and Helix getting us started today on the show. So you never mess with this? This is Rob Your Alley. No, it is. No, the, the sound makes sense, but I just I don't remember the band Icon. It's I-C-O-N? Yeah. I don't remember the band. Let me see when this came out. Yeah, I'd have to look it up and see, like, um, I'd have to look the band up to see. Yeah, this album, 1984. 84, yeah, see? Somehow I missed Icon. How did I miss him? I have no idea. It does sound like something <laughs> I would have been listening to. See, you're just you're even opening my mind to the music I was supposed to be listening to oh, back in the day. Man, you're, that abuse. You're finding the metal that I missed <laughs> all those years ago with Helix and Icon. Come on now. Yeah, our guy nursing home Rob telling you to check them out. Come on, Rob. All right, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. All right. Uh, I always love a good musical recommendation. I'll go check, I'll go check anything out. All right, uh, let's get into the crab bag here. I'll tell you, not a great pitch clock story, just a hilariously awful pitch clock story. Here we go. Chad's crab bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Shout out to my former broadcast partner and baseball freak, Kevin Dunn, for this one. I caught up with Kevin Dunn last night, and we had a little phone conversation, and I asked him about the pitch clock. He's my favorite baseball fan on earth, and I said, hey, what do you think, man? He's kind of... We always say it about Kevin. Kevin's been 65 since he was 15. He's an old man by nature, and he loves baseball, and I wanted to get his thoughts. So he was giving me some general thoughts on pitch clock, stuff he liked, stuff he didn't. And overall, he kind of likes what they've done, the quickening of the pace. But he said some of it gets silly, and he said, did you hear what happened to Cody Bellinger? And I said, no. So Kevin's a Cubs freak, so that's why he would have known this story. 
in addition to the fact that he watches a ton of baseball. So Friday, Cubs go to L.A. to play the Dodgers. Well, if you know baseball, Cody Bellinger is now a Cub, but he used to be a Dodger, and a big-time Dodger, not just a random guy. One of their big dog team captain guys helped them win a World Series type of guy. So he's coming back for the first time to Chavez Ravine. So he comes up to bat in the, what would that be, top of the second, I believe is when it happened. He's coming up, and even though they'd already given him the video love, then the crowd had given him the love then, they wanted to give him love again, Zay. There it is. So to Dodgers fans, in as much as they can have a reputation for being crazy, they gave him the love, an additional standing ovation. So he, you know, he's doing the wave, I'm sure, you know, tipping the hat and the whole thing and steps out of the box or whatever. Now he's getting back in the box, getting ready to go, and the umpire calls time and calls an 0-1 count. Because of a pitch clock violation. Too much love. What are we? Too much love. He already got the love. The ump's name is Jim Wolf. The agent for Cody Bellinger is the devil himself, Scott Boris. Scott calls up the league and says, what are y'all doing? Don't we have something in place? Apparently, Zay, they do have something in place, but neither the Cubs or Dodgers did what they were supposed to do. This is an ump's discretion situation, but the teams are supposed to notify the league office. Get this crap. They're supposed to notify the league (laughs) office, and then the league office is supposed to tell the crew chief, and the crew chief is supposed to tell the home plate umpire for that game i have a better idea baseball there's something that happens before every game it's called the exchange of lineups and you know what happens the umpire and both managers end up at home plate that's when you do it hey fellas what's going on tonight well dave you know your boy's back in town you think your guy's gonna give him some love i think maybe they will Hey, Blue, let's give him a little time to give Cody some love. What do you say? Cool, play ball. That's how that works. But apparently nobody went through that, so it got to that moment, and the ump went pure robot and couldn't figure out that he needed to let that play and then start the clock. Yeah, if you're the ump, I know I'm giving the ump crap, but you got to read the room. you got to understand, okay, he might have got the love already, which is a lot. That's still a lot. I'm kind of... Got mixed feelings about this. But that first at bat is still special, Zay. Yeah, it's it still is. a big deal. It is, but he already got a tribute. Was he on the Jumbotron? Yeah. They were showing highlights of him playing center field, robbing folks, and in home runs and stuff. That's before the game, though. That's that could, the love. That's 20 minutes before. Nope. Once we say play ball, we got to make this thing roll. Now, see, the thing, the, the thing I agreed with Kevin about, he pointed out, there are very few things in sports where you can be in the game and one person gets a moment like that. And an at-bat in baseball is kind of that moment. Sometimes it's when a pitcher comes out to the mound and maybe go through warm-ups right before his, uh, a start or something. So to get that moment and to get showered by the fans, that's cool. And, and those moments don't last that long. They don't. They're not gonna, it's not going to be a minute and a half. It's just going to be about 20 seconds or so, and then we go. And here's the other thing, Zay, they need to take a look at on this pitch clock. We got to move on from this, the batter has to whatever. Or the limitations of, you're only allowed to call time this many times. You're only allowed to throw over this Stop. It's a pitch clock. It's not a hit clock. It's a pitch clock. Just say, my man's got to release the ball before that clock goes to zero. Batter, you can be in the box. You can be out of the box. You can be signing an autograph over there. But if he throws it across the plate, I'm calling a strike. Everybody good? Play ball. 
Why are we putting all these goofy parameters on it? You have to be in the box and and, and looking at the pitcher at the seven second. Stop it. Just stop it. At five, at, at, at like by seven seconds. If you want to say that's when he needs to call time by that mark, fine. So then if he calls time but after that, you go, nope, pitch coming. It's easy. Yeah. Stop putting so many parameters on these guys, but please realize. Because otherwise, Zay, you're going to have home crowds realize, wait, our boy's coming back. Our guy's coming back. He used to be a player for us. Let's not boo him. Let's cheer him for a solid minute, and we'll get an 0-1 count. Because he'll have to stand there and listen to us. Yeah, that's a stupid story. <laughs> I mean, it's... God, it was dumb. Um, you got to be better. Come on, um, Come on, Jim. Jim Wolf. I wouldn't say your name otherwise... But, yeah, we need to say your name on this one. You messed it up. You messed that one up. Let's make sure we get that right. I don't think anything's going to be as bad as, oh, boy, in spring training, tossing my man, the catcher, for not putting the ball in the glove or not catching the ball. That was bad. That was bad. I don't think anything will ever top that. Yeah, there was a. I, I still. That was a weird sequence, though, with the the throwing of the balls away and the it the just pitcher threw it out. I just. Yeah, I'd never seen a pitcher act like that. It, I, I don't know. Maybe they're doing stuff different in spring training. But yeah, that was weird. But yeah, that was a petty, petty move. You can't be that petty when you're an umpire. You just. You can't do it. Just like last night, those NBA officials, so sensitive to some of these calls. That little moment where Sabonis and Draymond just kind of run into each other at the baseline. To call Draymond for a foul there, he deserves plenty of foul calls. Not that one. Reputation. Just leave him alone. He's dirty. I'm glad they fixed that one. control him. Yeah, glad they fixed that one. Glad they got that one fixed. All right, coming up, uh, we will get back into that NBA discussion uh, during the show. If you want to jump in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. What did you think of the Draymond Green situation last night? Also, we'll get into some NFL next. More and more talk about the Texans and the second pick of the draft. They're not going to screw this up a second time, are they? Plus, there's a new three-round mock-out from Mel and McShay. Cowboys fans, it's got you getting two frogs. We'll tell you all about it on the horn.